Catherine Bourne. On location. <laughs> this is weird. Not by choice. <laughs> and worst of all, no YouTube today. I like YouTube. You know, I wore a hat today and I was like, people are going to get to see me as cool laid back, Justin, and nope. Due to possible breaking news in MLB and MLBPA, we've been shifted into a booth. Where the hell are we? I don't know. We got punted because no news happened. That's that's the way I see it today. Uh, we are in a studio the size of a tiny my daughter's tiny bedroom. Oh, hold on, we're fixing mics. We're just really figuring it out on the fly here. See, nobody even heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I had this great opening where I just poo pooed all over. MLB and yeah. the negotiations for upsetting our YouTube channel. And I don't think anybody heard a word because I don't even know how to talk into this new mic. Well, we'll get it figured out here. Hopefully it sounds good at least. I think it does. It's a good sound in the studio, if I recall hearing. And, you know, the worst is is we, we, we left the side of our building mm-hmm. and we can see all the baseball guys, eh? Action. Blair, Barker, you know, and... They're just doing nothing. They're just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got their fingers up their noses, not even their own noses. It's, I think Blair's got his finger in Barker's nose. And yeah. it's just, I've been there. I've covered lockouts and yeah. strikes during uh, the NHL days. That has to be awful. And we've been on Fifth Avenue at three in the morning waiting for stuff to happen. You're going, you're going live, and you don't know whether you're going live for 30 seconds or three hours. Man, you got some drunk like five feet off of you, and you're like, is he going to sucker me any second now? <laughs> and so when you were doing that, were you getting like inside information, or were you just kind of winging it? <laughs> Both. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Yeah. The best was the uh, Spider-Man that came out on Broadway. Did you get him on air? No, we actually took the show in <laughs> when, it, when about four hours before I think the two thousand uh, uh, which one uh, that would have been the two thousand and five strike, I guess yeah. two thousand four, two thousand five, and we're like, uh, and Millard's just sweating bullets, and he's like, we gotta go, and we're like, no, we look back about ten rows back, see Elliot Friedman sitting there by himself, <laughs> and we're like. Ah, if Elliot's here and Hockey Night in Canada is here, yeah. then n- nothing should happen. Uh, now live to Nick Kiprios, you got the Lion King headdress yeah. on from the gift shop out front of the play. Yeah. So we go, <laughs> we, uh, the uh, halftime comes, they break. We're like, we're cool. And then the start of the second half starts and turn around, Elliot's gone. We're like, eh, it's maybe time. Let's stay. Let's stay, anyways. That's credibility for Elliot that you well, let's hope. A- let's hope they get a deal done. Yeah. I think Sportsnet would like that, I and I personally would like it as a Jays I'm guy. not coming back here tomorrow. You're not? So they better get a deal okay. done. <laughs> it's true. To this studio, you mean, yes. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, and back. Can we hear him? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's say his back. name and find out. <laughs> because of popular demand more than anything, Sammy. I'm the voice. I'm the voice from behind you now, Kiffer. You can't even look at me in this studio. We're just over here rocking and rolling. Uh, latest update on the MLB uh, lockout. Um, it's heading in the wrong direction, boys. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just they're contentious. There's, there's new issues they're coming up with to argue over. These sides just hate each other. That's what it comes down to in this, in this negotiation. It's a tale as old as time. The players, the owners, they get after each other pretty badly. It happens in the public, and it seems like it's going in the wrong How can they hate again. each other? They, the last time they did this goes back to 1994, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it's always contentious. They did it you know, at the start of the pandemic when they were talking about coming back. There was issues with that. They were figuring out all the different parameters, and they were, they're just at each other's throats by, the, by all accounts. So. Yeah. Maybe we'll be in here for the whole show, boys. We're not going to be throwing it anywhere because it doesn't seem like there's going to be a deal today, right now, uh, by most indications that are trickling across my Twitter feed. So there you go. From the big boys that are not named Sam McKee. But yes, I have returned from vacation, returned from sunny Florida, returned from a place that makes me question why the hell I live in Canada for six months a year. Just unbelievable time. Lots of golf, sun, a few yinglings mixed in. 
It was a spectacular. I'm glad he's refreshed, aren't you, Kipper? Yeah, I really am. Glad you feel great, Sam. Spectacular. And the good news was when you were down there, I'm sure you were just bombarded with shows like ours for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, they were all over him as a guest. <laughs> do, they know, do, do they know who the Florida Panthers are there in uh, the greater uh, Florida area? I will say in Orlando where I was, where I was staying, um, I saw a lot of lightning stuff. Saw cars with lightning, you know, stickers. Saw a couple houses with lightning flags. Saw a lot of lightning hats. Did see a lot of. Those are just storm warning flags. It's a high hurricane zone. (laughs) No, I will say that there was a. I was surprised by the amount of hockey stuff I saw. My cousin uh, has ESPN Plus, and every single game you'd want to watch is on ESPN Plus down there. So you do have good access if you have that. Okay. I watched every Leafs game. I did my homework. Didn't miss one. Uh, my cousin has like a huge projector screen, so I was watching it. Literally, uh, it felt like I was there. So thank, thank God for cousin Vinny. And then I watch, I watched the game on a fifty-five inch screen last night. I was like, this is awful. Like a how peasant. Do, how do I even follow the play? <laughs> this is horrible. What do you guys do at home? I haven't even asked you. What's your setup at home, Kipper? What do you? You got a, a big old one. I know you used to have one with like a movie yeah. theater in your house, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had the ultimate uh, broadcaster dream uh, set up, but. Uh, downgraded since then yeah kids out of the house and uh now i'm just back to a like a 60 inch screen i guess yeah oh slumming it yes yeah and sammy uh we do uh believe that you made it back in time from florida to watch that burn burner last night against the <laughs> seattle kraken i uh yeah if customs really wanted to make sure that i didn't it was a disaster zone there. Holy hell. Those people working there, they got a hell of a job right now. But, yes, made it home, sat down on the couch, and uh, was able to watch that entire game and just watch uh, the brilliance of Austin Matthews, Michael Bunting, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and watch the lack of brilliance from the, uh, the back end, I guess <laughs> okay. you would say. Well, we'll get into that and more on your Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but let's hear from Sheldon Keefe on his feelings uh, about last night. Well, I mean, it's no secret who we have on our bench, right? I mean, we, we have weapons that if the game's in striking distance, that we can, we have difference makers, you know? So, so that's, that's, yeah, that, that gives us reason for belief. Um, we also believe we can go out and establish our game early in games and gain control, which we have done uh, a lot this season. And so if you're going to be that team, then you got to be the team that can manage the game from that point, you know, and not, not let teams come back and get life and feel good about themselves and all of that. But, um, you know, I, there's no doubt we, we believe we can win any type of game, no matter what the score is or what's happening. Um, you know, we've, we've got a good group, a deep group, and we've got game breakers. All, all right. right. So we got a little bit of truth and a little bit of maybe stretching what he thinks <laughs> it might be the truth. Well, uh, separate that into categories for me. What'd you get? I got uh, difference makers. Definitely have that. That's yes. the truth. Truth. Yes. Win any type of game. Bit of a fib. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he lost me a little yeah. bit. But uh, I'm not going to be the dweller here early. No. Nope. So. Positivity. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Sammy. I'm gonna go the Sammy route here, and let's just talk for one second about the dominance of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, because Ooh, I, I don't. I, I think that, I think both of them. And yes, we can sit there and say that Austin's up for a heart and he can win uh, multiple awards. But right now, what the two of them are doing, and yes. Bunting is in the conversation is quite remarkable about the dominance. And this is again, where Sheldon speaks the truth here. Difference makers. Yeah. I mean, the, the sheer volume of goals that Austin Matthews is scoring is not, uh, not going to shock anyone, but this 36 goals in 37 games that he's gotten this little run right now. Um, you know, someone, I saw someone era adjust it. Like if this was, 80s goal scoring it's very similar to the time you know to Gretzky's 50 and 39 obviously it's not from the start of the season but just in sheer volume it is amongst the best runs of goal scoring in NHL history I think the lamest thing you could do right now is say yeah you know poo poo the the Matthews thing and say you know it's obvious it's whatever it's unbelievable and I don't I can't remember watching someone so dominant it's the little plays for me like when Bunting makes that pass to him on the the 4-3 goal 
the way he's able to like angle his stick to pull the puck and gather it. And Sammy, you talked about that before we came on air. He just makes these little plays all over the ice. There was a one timer where Marner found him where he, instead of driving the net, he popped up to the slot and got open for a shot. Didn't get all of it, but you know, there, there's that hat trick last night. I watched that and thought he could have had six. Like three felt like the minimum for what he could get. It's his third hat trick of the year. It's, I mean, it's the best goal goal scoring run I've ever watched in any consistent basis. Dominance. Sammy, you got a thought? Yeah, I, I would agree that that it is the best stretch of goal scoring that I've ever watched anyone have, let alone the Toronto Maple Leaf. And you know that with his three goals last night. That gives him 242 career goals already, which is a crazy number, just considering that his first season was 2016-2017. And that passes Ovi for the most goals in the NHL since then. Yeah. He's got the most goals in the NHL since he came into the NHL, since he came into the league. It's just, it's really, I'm trying my best not to take it for granted. I'm really trying to just enjoy what we're watching because this is, this is probably the best leaf of all time hitting the peak of his powers and the empty netter he scored is only a second on the season the guys that are chasing him in the art ross race ovi scored his eighth empty netter last night out of 36 goals on the season which is incredible kyle connor's chasing him connor's got five dry saddle's got three like he's not these are not easy goals that matthews is putting up so can we pause on the ovi eight empty netters (laughs) sure i wouldn't think that he would be on the ice at the end of games that often you think in terms of defensive, like if you empty net, you think of sort of Hyman scoring these kind of goals. You think of defensive guys getting the, the goals on the empty net. That's a lot of empty netters to this point of the season. That blows my mind. You're also talking about a guy that's chasing cookies. the greatest. He's chasing his cookies. The goal scoring that. record in history. And I, I think it's a given that he wants to be on the ice. And scoring goals and ends games he's ended the game eight times for his teams and just said this one's over (laughs) eight eight means that you you're gonna get the record in eight less games that's what it means yeah he uh that's 47 on ovechkin's career by the way uh gretzky had 52 i believe so he's second in all-time all-time empty netters yeah Gretzky still had more, but um, yeah, this, so to have 46 or 47. Gretzky probably, uh, probably had a 200 more games in him. Uh, a lot more, I right? would imagine. 300 right? more games. At this point, but yeah, for um, for him to have eight this year and 46 or 47 in his career, like that's and, a big portion. And Matthews last night, second one uh, of the season, yeah, you said? Yeah, so not, not, not getting a whole lot of freebies out there. I just don't know... Um, like even in my era, when I think about uh, dominant players like Austin today, uh, who is who it is comparable? And I want to get to. Uh, You're not old enough for Mike Bossy, but would you? You saw Bossy. I saw would you, Bossy. Would you have classified him with with the quick release? Yeah. Yes, but that's where it begins and ends. Yeah. And but I'm watching, I'm watching the dominance of of ha- handling the puck too in the offensive zone, and it is in many ways reminds me of a Yager. Oh but, yeah, but Yager But Yager didn't have the fast twitch mm. movement mm-hmm. of Austin, and that's the thing that amazes me the most is that he is six two, six three, two hundred and twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds, but he's got the quickness with the puck like a Pat Kane. Yeah. So you mentioned like that. you mentioned his size there, and there was a play. Half, I think it was maybe in the, the start of the third period, maybe the end of the second period, that had me licking my chops a little bit when uh, Alexiak came up the boards. Matthews leaned into him, put him into the glass, took the puck off of him, and sent it up the other way. And you don't see him do that very often. But if he's going to add that sort of element to his game where he starts bringing in a little physicality, I think we've seen it more this year yeah. where he's a bit more willing to use his body. But that was yeah. one where I actually saw him seek it out lean on the guy, put him into the glass, take the puck away. I don't think he's ever going to be throwing uh, Junior B-style open ice hits here, but if he's going to be out there using his body like that, that just takes him to another level on top of the level that he's already playing at. And that's where Yager was so great, Right, is once he had it, he could stick his ass out, mm-hmm. and he was like an oak tree. Yeah. You just weren't... He didn't. He didn't need the the, the east-west, east-west, and then see you later move. Mm-hmm. He would just make you 
Joe Thornton Reach. was like that in his later years, right? Like, uh, but Yager was the best yeah. ever. Skills coaches now, I think they call it inviting contact. And I think Matthew seems comfortable inviting contact now where like the puck is in the corner and instead of jumping out of the way of the hit or trying to make it, he's like, okay, I'm going to get hit, but that doesn't mean I have to turn the puck over. So it's a confidence in your size where you can absorb that contact and still continue making the play that you wanted to make in the first place. So um, again, you know, no amount of praise uh, is overdone at this point. And uh, so Marner got a goal last night, got the winning goal and the Leafs improved to 44, two and three all time when Matthews and Marner both score a goal. So it's a pretty good recipe for them. 20, Oh, and one in the last 21. It's uh, it's an uh, unsustainable Game plan? Game plan. Yeah. It's not, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy I'm sorry, <laughs> but you cannot, especially in the playoffs, expect Austin and Mitch to score every game and put up this type of numbers and then and then still have to feel like you need the last minute to decide whether or not you can beat a team like Seattle. It's just not sustainable. Are you with me on that, Sammy? I I kind of believe that they can score not every night, but in a seven-game series, I feel like this line is one of the biggest weapons in any sort of series across the NHL. We like, do not agree. What? Yeah, <laughs> what? we got to... You're getting super Sammy on me, and we're not even it's the 15 best minutes it's in the, the show. It's the best line in the NHL it, yeah. by far. Okay. But and you don't think that that's a big weapon going into a playoff series? I think it can help, no question. But we're also talking about a different style of play in the playoffs, and we know that, Sammy. So we're not. This is not regular season win games. This is playoffs where, where, where the other team's top two pairs and the team's best shutdown centerman go out there and they've got the book on you and it changes things dramatically. So let me see, uh, let me throw something at you right now in the NHL goal. So Keith says uh, we can win anyway. And uh, Derek played. We do not agree because we don't, (laughs) but right now in the NHL goals are up a ton. Last year, I think they're under three, 2.96. This year, they're 3.08, whatever. It's more goals per game this season than there has been since going back a bajillion years. I looked at the the Leafs rivals like the in their division. is Tampa Bay, Florida, and Boston, and looked at their goals against averages this year. Tampa Bay has gotten worse than the year before. Florida has gotten worse than the year before. Boston has gotten worse than the year before. So have the Leafs, by the way. All the teams I just mentioned gotten better at scoring goals. Tampa's up, Florida's up, Boston's up, the Leafs are up. Hockey is high-flying more than ever right now, this season. So can this change in the style of play work in the Leafs' favor? Could this be the year that the game has shifted into the, the way that Dubas saw it in the first place? No. Oh. No? No. <laughs> no. 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 I, I don't. I don't believe for one second Cooper will look after that. I don't believe for one second uh, a Daryl Sutter will allow his Calgary Flames to just start feeling like they can open it up. These teams shut it down. The successful teams shut it down. Tampa's eighth in the league, goals against. Dinosaurs don't allow you to just go offense, offense, offense. That's why a guy like Daryl Sutter, that's why Calgary begs Daryl Sutter to come back. Because he is the one that will won't let them get away with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Sheldon, right now, he's having a tough time, and publicly, he's not even leaning on them that hard. Their goals against the, it's getting away from them. Actually, they're two point nine six on the season, which is they were seven, top seventeen. Were they not a top five when Jack was on fire? I think so. At the start of the year, and last year they were seventh in the NHL, two point six four. So this year they're seventeenth. It's starting to slip away. This goals against thing. Um, but, you know, you look around their division, again, Florida's 14th. They're right there in the same uh, ballpark, as I mentioned, Tampa's 8th. Like, JB, look goals a- are happening. Look around the league. Yeah. And like, it's not a goaltender's no. league. No, no, everyone's scoring. We've got a handful of I, guys. I think that's the, this is good for the Leafs, though, that everyone's scoring. You may be on to something. I think if it happens, it's going to be – it's going to have to happen with the players – Running through, I'll use a baseball analogy. Yeah, it'll be the 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 the, the runner 
going, going through, through the third base, the third base stop sign. <laughs> the third base coach. Okay. Yeah. And so far, like, and we talked about this the other day. You don't, you don't think behind the scenes, Sheldon's screaming at them for defense. And I, I absolutely do. believe that he yeah. is. They're running through the stop sign. Yeah. They're not listening to him. The, the message, he is probably behind the scenes telling them enough already. Yeah. They don't care or they're not committed to it. You know, it's interesting. So, you know, yesterday we had, uh, I think it was Forsland who mentioned that, like, coverage was an issue where we joked about coverage. You know, I told you this morning, I watched every goal the Leafs have given up going back two months this morning. I went through it like a video coach to figure out what's going on. Coverage, not an issue. In their D zone, they are fine. In their D zone. Your point that you often make that in the O zone, they're the D pinched down and the forwards don't cover high, that was an issue for... A month, do you remember it was odd man rushes, odd man rushes? They kind of tighten that up. The last 10 games or so, that hasn't been as bad. It was an issue. Now, it's they can't protect the front of their net. So now they're spending more time in their own zone. It's less rush hockey, but no box outs. Everything gets tipped. You know, Brody is actually a major offender of not being able to box guys out. Lilligren can't, you know, he's his reads have been the cause of the most glaring direct goals against. So... To me, it's a personnel thing. I think they need one to two D-men. They need a top four guy. This is not going to be fixed by another Labushkin who's been fine. The Leafs need, at the trade deadline, I don't know, Mark Giordano? They need someone who can come in and really play and be solid and defend. I 100% agree with you. And fortunately or unfortunately, we'll we'll know better in in May and June whether or not Kyle's next first-round pick will be worth it. I don't th- and that's what it's going to take. If he doesn't trade that and they don't get someone, they, I don't think they win and I don't think he's here. I think it's that I think it's that important looking at, you know, where the breakdowns are for this team. The D are just not defenders. Are we uh now of uh belief that uh Oh, they also need Muzzin by the way. Yeah. Uh before we'll get into that. Who was um, on the ice yesterday? Looking spry. Yeah. He was on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> no no telling on what that means, but uh, I would think it would be at least another month before you that can long, even think eh? about it. Sure. He's two concussions in, yeah. in less than a month. Uh, you don't rush that back no matter what. Is no there... matter what he, what, no matter how he feels. Now, you know, I've never asked you this. Could you have continued playing and just decided not to? Yeah, I would have been really bad, though. In, in that the concussions would have had an effect yes. or you were getting older? Yes. Okay. Yeah, all of it. I, I just, uh, it would have been uh, me hanging on. It would have been me uh, feeling like I was painted into a corner yeah. to, to keep going. It wouldn't have made a lot of sense, and it would have jeopardized my next 20 years. I, I so know that for a fact. That's where I'm kind of going with this is, you know, my dad has had a number of concussions and believes that it has affected him yeah. in a significant way. Um, you know, with Muzzin having two at his age and Stanley Cups and yes. a family, I'm not saying he's going to do anything, but you do wonder where you start to go, all right, you know, I've I've made a lot of money. Is this, you know, how much, I don't know. I, me personally, I would consider that I think you're, seriously. I think 100% you're onto something. Yeah. And I look at uh, Muzzin's season and I think he's still a very good defenseman when he's on top of his game and when he's feeling good, I think he showed some wear and tear this season. Yeah. And I think he broke down a little bit here. Maybe another reason why you give him another six weeks off and maybe just focus on if all the stars align the last 10 days yeah. of the regular season to try to get him back ready for a first rounder. But there, there were signs where he didn't have great energy. Uh, he was slow. His decision-making was questionable. Mm-hmm. And I think it had to do more on where he, where he was and maybe a couple of hits. that, And even not just concussion, the hesitation that comes with that. The injury that he sustained uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. He's, he's had... He's gone down a few times. If people have noticed, uh, as a Toronto Maple Leaf, that stuff catches up to you. Would it worry you if they said he's in a week, he's going to play? Like if he's like, you know, I, I'm clear. Yes. I don't know. What do you want me to do? I'm yeah, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think I think he needs more time off. Yeah, and not just about the concussion, but just 
overall his last year and a half, two years. And I think it's more realistic what you just mentioned. If he comes back and can never get the level that he had before, now you really start questioning how long you want to hold on and when's enough enough. And I wonder what you would need to prove insurance-wise. Like, let's say he decided he didn't think it was worth the risk. Could you go to an insurance company and say, I I can't, you know, I've had too many concussions, I can't play anymore and still get your contract paid? Because let's be honest, $5 million is life-changing money or I know not for him life-changing, but... Non-issue. Non-issue. The the Leafs would pay that out in a heartbeat. Think so? Oh, 100%. Non-issue. If he turned around tomorrow and said... uh, I'm not risking my brain. I'm not risking my brain. Uh, the Leafs would gladly pay out his contract and slide that over to long-term uh, IR mm-hmm. and go get their next guy. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I believe they would do the right thing if, if he made that decision. 100%. Too. It's a non-issue. What's crazy is, you know, I just mentioned all those D issues. I can't help but feel like how this Muzzin situation plays out, which no one can control, kind of affects their ability here to win a Stanley Cup. Like, you know, Sam before the show was talking about how uh, going into playoffs last year in Montreal is like Carey Price is old and he's hurt and he's not been as good and no one can trust him and Weber, you know, is on his last legs and all of a sudden those guys... Carey got lit up a couple times in AHL games. Yeah. On, like on his way back And then he to came the, back and, and was the best player. And the they're the best player in the because, world. Because it's Carey Price. But Muzz has got a high level. I know he doesn't have Carey Price level, but if he comes back and can do what Weber did for Montreal, yes, that, that changes the, the the Maple Leafs significantly. Yeah, it helps a lot. I don't even think I'm not sure if it's enough if you don't go and get that secondary guy that you're talking about. Yeah, but it's a must that they have shut down guys, and, and they don't have that guy right now. No. And here's the the complaint and why I'm bringing this up too is like Morgan Riley is not a defender, a pure defender, right? He's not a defense man. He's a great number one D-man. He is amazing. It's not a knock on the player. He doesn't defend. That's not his... On a championship team, I don't know if he's... uh, He's not not headman. Right. right? He's not. But love Riley. Great player. You never question his place on the team or anything, right? He's just... He's not a defender. Sandine's not a defender, no doubt about that. He's yeah, a rookie. Well, he's not a defender. And a half or eight million dollars. You'd like him to be a defender. Like you're, the guys who are supposed to defend for you are Brody and Hall, and Muzzin, and mm-hmm. neither Brody or Hall have much bite. I never saw Brody as a shutdown guy. I guess the point I is none of these weaker, guys are uh, like a uh, uh, poor man's Morgan Riley. But as you said, he's the guy you put over the boards when you need goals to not go in. Because who else do you have? So. Someone's got to play defense. They need to find someone who defenses. And I don't think it's Lilligren on the top pair. I, can I ask you guys how much longer we have to keep doing this experiment here? Because to me, it just it's infuriating as a fan watching the games. I, I, I just I, I hate to crap on the guy. I just don't see it. And it's frustrating to me because it seems like a lot of goals go in the net with him standing there looking at it. Until new bodies... Is this a message? Like, is he being this like, hey, hey, look at who I'm playing on the top pair, Kyle. Please find someone for me. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know why he continues to do it. They do see something. They see something to, that others don't right well, now. statistically, you know, there are people that will note his numbers, his fancy stats are good. He also starts in the offensive zone as much as any defenseman who plays regular minutes in the league, he also plays a ton with Austin Matthews. Say, look who he's chipping it up the boards to. Yeah. He's on a team that generates a ton of offense. He's in a very, very good spot. And again, going through the goals today, it's not like he makes more mistakes than everyone else, but the mistakes he makes are so glaring, they end up in the net. So I, I, I'm with you. I don't see where he fits. Like on day one of playoffs, if the Leafs are healthy, I do not see him as one of the six. Agree. He's, you know, I, I I don't want that to be like he's not an NHL defenseman. He might play in the league for 10 years. He can be good and help someone and maybe even the Leafs, but I just don't see it this year in that role as a third-pair guy. And it ain't going to be higher than that. Jack Campbell got the start last night. Mm-hmm. Another four goals. Yeesh. But you blaming him for any? No, I... Uh... Come on, shorthanded, two-on-one. Um, 
redirect in front of the net. No box out from Brody on that one. Um, I, I, I look at this team right now and I just think the goaltending is, it appears to me that everybody just wants to blame those guys and then call it a day. And that's the part where I go, uh-uh, not fair. Are there issues there? Absolutely. And you can almost sense it with Jack Campbell's comments after the game. Let's have a listen. Uh, that's my bad. I forgot to put that in. For us. <laughs> I'm rusty. <laughs> I'm rusty. That's okay. Get your head out of... Do you want like, to hear Sheldon uh, on uh, Jack Campbell? A I was, grapefruit. I was like, oh, please don't remember that clip. Get for Florida. Florida orange. I, no, I know. It's because we're in this stupid studio. I'm just, I'm screwed up over here. I'm, All right, well, let's I'm listen sitting to in Derek's Keith, lap talking on a microphone. It's just horrible. We'll forgive you, Sam. All right, put it, let's listen let's to Keith. Keith. That's a tough game to play for Jack tonight. And we made it tough on him. You know, it's... Uh, <clears throat> First goal is a tough one. It kind of hits a skate and bounces to a guy. He didn't really see it. The second and third ones are on the rush, you know, backdoor type stuff. So, you know, I think I think once again, we got beat back to our net. Didn't block a shot. Didn't box out on the fourth goal. Gets tipped. So, you know, it's once again, that's not good enough on our part. Um, but uh, I thought at times when there's clear shots, times when, you know, um, our guys did do a good job around them, I thought he was really good in those areas. And that's what we need from them. Um, you know, I think we've come to expect you know, Jack having the ability to make game changing type saves. He, he had done that earlier, but um, you know, he'll, he'll get back to that. But we, we've got we to do a better job on, on those goals, particularly the ones in the second period. Clearly Sheldon knows he needs to do everything in his power to protect Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. I only asked for the clips, Sammy, because you can sense that in his words last night that Jack probably wants to be a little harder on himself, but he knows better now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, what was, yeah. Yeah, just move on. <laughs> well, I think he said, I'm not going to beat myself up too much. Too much. Yeah. You're exactly me, right. Me and Steve uh, me and Steve had a good game plan. He's like, yeah, the Steve, Steve came game. up with a game plan. To say, uh, nothing too different from every other one, but executed a bit better I, today. I, I will say that I do tend to agree with Sheldon on that one last night. But he does use that line a lot about Jack saying it was a hard game for Jack to play. We've played a lot of clips on this show about from Sheldon talking about the goaltending because it's obviously been a hot button issue, and a lot of the time he uses that line saying it was a lot, a lot hard one for him to play. We had the puck a lot, and there wasn't a lot of chances, and like he really leans on that. And sometimes I bristle at it, but last night I don't know. Other than the first one that was kind of a weird bounce, bad rebound that was shot in. They were just great ace. They didn't really like, yeah. a, you know, like the, like There's, you said, the, the last one. one's a tip in, right? They, the fourth one's a tip in that goes under his arm. And it's like, can we get one of those squeezed? That's what I mean. You, 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 that's what a lot of people say. Oh, yeah, it's been weird goals. You know, you do get saves on weird goals from time to time. You know, yeah. you watch the lightning play. They get a lot of weird saves and a lot of weird goals. You know, yeah. it, it happens. So I kind of see where he's coming from on. It was a hard one for him to play. But at the same time, just like every other night, four went in the net. Right. It's just every game, fellas, there's four goals in the net. And it's a really hard thing to do to win when that happens. In about 10 minutes' time, we're going to go to Kelly Rudy, NHL analyst for Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada, a guy that I've worked on uh, many nights on Saturday nights. We're going to get his thoughts as well on, on Jack Campbell. The one thing I can say, guys, that I think everybody's not worried about, but the, the challenge with Jack is finding that comfort zone for him personally. And we saw him at a, at a at a 940 save percentage those first 35 games. And now since, what, uh, January, we see him at a 890 clip. Yeah. And, Jack, you're not a 940, and you're not an 890. Where is your bar right now? Reality helps. That's right. So well, what, what where, are you? Where Where is your bar and can you get there? Because you still watch and listen to him and you get the sense that he expects to make every save. Right. Which in theory is good, but so, it's not healthy. So his numbers, he needs help. his numbers right now, if I were to tell you at the start of the season to this point, 
that Jack Campbell would be 24-9-4 with a 2.65 goals against average, a 9.14, and four shutouts, would you say that he's having a bad year? Of course not. So it's just the process of what's Just happened. when you showed me his numbers the first 35 That's games. That's what I mean. But I'm not, right. I'm not allowing you that privilege. I'm just saying, looking at his numbers right now, and he, like, he's 10th in wins, he's 16th in goals against, he's, nine, he's 18th in, in save percentage. If they could just get league average from here on out, like him being a league average Well, he's 914. If he can be a 914 but, on the year, you'll take it. If he can be a 914 in the playoffs, you'd take it. Correct. And you would win games with that, with the Leafs, the way that they're scoring and the way that their offense looks. I yeah. just, I don't know if he's, I just want him to find a level. There's just so many times where it's just, it's hard to, to like I said, win games with four going your net every night. There are some people out there that think Kyle should have the number one priority on finding a goalie out there. That Lots just, of people. That, yes. And that just, again, un- unless something falls in his lap, I don't see him doing anything. Well, it remind it's very much someone who hasn't looked at the situation closely. If you're, you know, if you're like, ah, the goaltending's been bad, they need a goalie. Like any more evaluation of it, and you're like, oh wait, who's better than the goalie we have? Who's available? What's it going to cost? What are our other problems? It doesn't take you long before you go. I guess we're stuck with this. Boy, Mark Andre Fleury would be an exciting. Thing, though, oh, in we city. did that yesterday, Sammy. I'm sorry, I was, yeah. the thing. Yeah. I was on a plane. But it would be exciting. It would be exciting, but I agree. Yeah, you of don't course. Do, you no just, argument that it'd be exciting. I think you okay, just addressed that, the that, that also shuts Jack down completely. You guys understand that. That's a good point. Okay? You know what you do? Then, then can you it's trade over Jack? for Jack in terms of confidence. Again. How about this? Yeah, yeah. or opportunity <laughs> or resigning him. Arizona wants so to now, trade you a check run for a So Campbell. now you you have Mark Andre Fleury going on in his existing contract. It's over. You're not going to resign him. You got no Jack, and you've got Mrazzy Pants and uh, Wall to start next year. And after and, oh. and how you feeling now, Sammy? <laughs> Walls, did Wall just sign a new deal? Hey. Not great. And that's that's. Still no, no 100% guarantee that Flurry will come in. Now, be in Flurry's position right now. You're, you're, you're with the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. Very you, rich. You're very rich. You, you got your <laughs> cups. You got your money. And you're deciding on whether or not you want to take another crack at winning a Stanley Cup. And you have your choice. Chicago promised you, we will not trade you unless that is your wish. So Alan Walsh is out there. He's out there going, what are we going to do here? We want to go to Colorado. We want to go to Toronto and win a Stanley cup. Like, are you looking at Lilligren right now <laughs> going, yeah, Poor it's my chance to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't know. I, I also feel like you don't know how it's going to go, and you're usurping a number one guy wherever you go. So it's a lot of pressure to go in there and perform. Do you want to come to the Toronto market and not perform? We all fantasized about winning a cup here, but... Doesn't look good when it goes the other Fleury way. Would now want to try a high-octane offensive team that has really showed a lack of immaturity on the defensive side. That's, that's where I'm going to go. Flurry's yeah. last. What do you fi- think? Flurry's last five games, three goals against six goals against three goals against four goals against three goals against Does that sound familiar fellas. Familiar. He's already, he's already battling that in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, I think uh, <laughs> Bunkus mentioned Holpe. Like to me, Holpe's a, just a, a Hail Mary. He's got, you know, my grandfather's hips, that guy. You might it's as well just have weird. Jack Campbell if you're going right, to do Brady Holby. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we have an amazing contest for you. Should I read that, Sammy? Is it time? Yeah, do it. So this contest, I mentioned it yesterday, is legit, legit. So listen up. The Molson Canadian Rivalry Train Contest. Two tickets to see the Leafs play the Habs in Montreal at the Bell Centre on a Saturday night. Wow. March 26th. How cool is that? I'm entering. And... 
You get a round-trip train ticket from Toronto to Montreal and one-night hotel accommodations. We're going to pay for you to get there and stay the night and watch the Leafs play the Habs in Montreal. Uh, I think all restrictions should be more or less dropped by then. It's going to be awesome. What you have to do, listen to Real Kipper and Born for a daily password. Enter it online at our contest page at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Today's password is Toronto. This contest runs through Monday, March 21st, and you must be 19 plus to enter in Ontario. God, you're getting better at that. That's wow, a good one. What a read, Thank man. You. Thank I think you. It's because wow. <laughs> I think it's because we're in a cubby wow, hole. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> the sense for the audio in here. Uh, before we go to break, you, you guys, let, let's throw uh, Keith's comments on Wayne Simmons because it was a, a nice, nice ceremony. Yes. Block. I just, you know what, you can't help but to, to feel like, you know, a, a connection to that journey. I mean, I, you know, your, his family's out there and, you know, you're watching the video and you're just kind of seeing that journey. You're seeing the impact that he's made in the community here. You just can't help but, but feel the pride that he has to be a Maple Leaf here at this point in his career. That's what that's what really uh, touched me watching that as a special moment, uh, you know, it's uh, it's hard to play in this league. Um, it's hard to make this league. It's hard to play one game and let alone get to a thousand. And then, um, like we've talked about, he's not not many easy games for Wayne Simmons, and hasn't been an easy journey. So for him to have that moment out there with his family and his young kids, uh, it was terrific. We saw his beautiful family out on the ice. Uh, she, Sheldon's one hundred percent correct. A thousand games. He's played them hard. Yeah. He's battled in front of the net over the years. He's Earned fought. His keep a thousand games. I mean, I ran out of gas at what four fifty. Yeah, I was just four fifty short of your four fifty, but almost <laughs> got there. <laughs> no, full full uh, credit, character, and heart, and uh, really cool. I thought the Leafs that was awesome. They gave his kids silver sticks yeah, too. That was, awesome. that was a really nice touch. Yes, I thought those would have been great mini sticks for the. <laughs> oh, one day parents weren't happy all right we'll take a quick break here uh kelly rudy uh after the break as we continue to go down that uh, goaltender uh carousel and what the leafs do with both Mrazik and campbell moving forward you're listening to real kipper and born show number 107 breaking down the top stories in hockey and elliot friedman every day the Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The code word for today's episode to text to 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Dallas tickets on March 15th is STARS. I'm good. You're good. Twitter's kind of giving it to you a little bit about uh, your over under. Oh, yeah. The well, big uh, bet. I, yeah, I got it wrong. What do you want me to say? Six and a half last night. <laughs> We're never doing that again. I only went with you because I'm, I am wanted to be a good teammate. You're, listen, I appreciate the support. And right or wrong, <laughs> got my back. I love it. I will also you, know, I will also you ever had take. Bun- Bunting over half an assist was uh, paid better. So, would you ever take the Leafs on an under ever again? I'm going to keep banging it. Are I'm you? Doing, oh yeah, absolutely. They're going to figure it out at some point. An easy one would be Matthew scoring a, a goal. Wouldn't you just <laughs> yeah. play that every every game? Nah, they don't pay you for it. They don't, eh? No, they're smart. <laughs> they've got it figured too. They've, they've watched the games too. The books know what's up. Two man race, eh? For the heart. Yeah, Shesterkin uh, making a pretty good case there. Uh, it is weird trying to compare goalies to players, but uh, you know, we'll see. I guess McDavid could go haywire in the the back end, but right now, I, I sure like Matthews. I think last night too. I think a lot of fans are are really feeling that. And of course, a couple of days ago, we had that conversation. Right now, who looks like they're the best player in the world? But it blew up last night, and Bunting was the first one to throw that out there that he is the best in the world right now by a wide margin i'm not sure edmonton fans would agree right. we, we got kelly well kelly will decide it for yeah. us all right <laughs> kelly i have not spoken to you in a while but every saturday you come into my living room so it's like we're we're in constant contact how, how are you my friend <laughs> i'm doing great nick and justin uh, nice to hear your voices again and 
Matthews, Nick, he reminds me of you in uh, North Bay. What did you score, 62? <laughs> 62. 62 your second last year? I, I think that's his pace right now, 62, <laughs> you know? Right? And uh, I was uh, I was watching, of course, uh, Calgary the other night and your call uh, with Rick and, you know, Toffoli scores a nice goal and you, you, you talked about that shot and there's only a few that can have that that quick release. Uh, Matthews, yeah. uh, Toffoli cannot score at Matthews' rate, but when you have that shot, Kelly, as a former goaltender, man, oh man, uh, I don't care what era you're in, that's a hard read for a goaltender, isn't it? 100%. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this a number of times when we were working together uh, about that release and how he changes the angle. And, you know, it's it's all the little things he does and uh, I, I can't remember which All-Star game we're at, Nick, uh, but uh, we, ta- we had Austin Matzah. I think it was St. Louis. We had him on set, and that was the year where he had uh, his lighting it up, but the, the one time he recognized that Marc-Andre Fleury, when he was still with Vegas, he was kind of lifting up. He was kind of guessing that it's going to be a, a high heater. And so Matthews ripped it along the ice. And, and that's what he does, right? He, he changes it up, and uh, you and Justin know you can't be uh, predictable at all because goaltenders, uh, everybody's so scouted so well. And so you have to find a way to make sure that you, uh, you have a different look at all times, and I just looked at the goals last night, and just he is a phenomenal player right now, and I wouldn't disagree with Bunting. I, I think right now he is the best player on the planet. Yeah, we uh, we reached that conclusion ourselves. Totally agree, Kelly. We we appreciate having you here today, and I, I'm glad to get uh, your take on on some of the Leafs' goaltending issues. Um, right now, you know, to my eye and my untrained eye, I just see a lot of tipped pucks and deflected pucks going through armpits and you know the six hole the seven hole a lot a lot of stuff not getting squeezed tell us about the mindset i guess of a goaltender who has to deal with playing behind a team like the leafs who they don't box out overly well and seems like a lot of sticks get to pucks uh before they ever make their way to the crease justin do we have a couple hours yeah. is that what you're saying we're <laughs> right. we're, we're, we're going to be talking about goaltending and try and do it in 10 or 15 minutes right. That's, it's pretty difficult right now. And uh, as a former goaltender and a guy that's gone through some things, and I've shared my story about uh, mentally I went through something in 92, 93. I didn't recognize at that time there's mental health issues. I'm not suggesting that's what those guys are going through, but it looks similar. Uh, and I can just tell you that for Jack Campbell, it's, uh, it's hard to watch because here's a guy that was, would you guys, agree with me maybe the best goalie for the first three months of the season something like that and he was in the conversation right and now to see him playing at this level like there's nothing physical that's going on that's creating those situations as as you're talking about justin where there's tips and uh, getting through all these sorts of little holes and what was uh, squeezed off before is not happening and so I think it's just a situation where, in particular, Jack, as opposed to Peter Mrazek, he just has to find a way to get a clear head, and it's not that easy. Uh, It was, uh, for me, uh, my thoughts were going round and round and round, and it's called the loop, and, uh, you know, once those thoughts get in there and they're usually irrational and then it takes over, it's awfully difficult to play uh with a, a a mindset where it's just you're relaxed and i remember dennis podvin giving me the best advice my first year and he said something like do your thinking in the afternoon and then just go out there in the evening and react and and that's not happening with jack campbell so i'm cheering for him i know it's a battle but uh, i hope he gets it back well kelly you've done such a good job and i know been very public about your daughter's mental health battles and you've done great work uh, with awareness and and charities and every time someone says mental health issues there there is a stigma that that follows it and it's almost as if you you got to be careful when you choose those words but i don't whatever era we're from you know to a certain extent we all had mental 
health issues merely yep. by losing confidence. There were some yep. nights, Kelly, I was so down on a bus in the American Hockey League. I'm thinking nobody even knows I'm here. No one pays yep. attention. I'm a million miles away from playing in the NHL. Nobody likes me. Like We've all experienced those type of down moments as an athlete. It, it's, it's an automatic. You can't be on a high all the time and feeling great about yourself and it's just about managing it now and Jack over the course of the season as we've seen in his post game comments he's really tough on himself and it's just yeah. it's such a fine line isn't it yeah it is and, and uh, you know first of all thanks uh, Nick for sharing that because that's so accurate there's so many guys right now you look at uh, the guys in the National Hockey League and, and uh, well, what the Canadian Mental Health Association will say one in five, or I think they've reduced that number to one in three. So there's probably seven or eight guys on every team that are going through, that might be going through something, uh, lack of confidence or just doubting themselves or what have you, whatever degree it is. But you look at all the guys in the minors and uh, it's, it's not a picnic. It's not, they're not down there having the time of their lives. That's nobody's goal is to make, uh, the American Hockey League or the East Coast Hockey League, right? It's your goal is when you're a child is playing the National Hockey League. So you have to be mindful of that. And I totally agree with Jack uh, what you said about he is so hard on himself. It's it's painful sometimes to listen to him because I know he's trying to say the right thing. He's trying to be honest, but it's so difficult when you see a guy just continually bash himself. And there's there's something about honesty that is fantastic. But it, it's also where you, you only go to a certain point because all three of us recognize as former players, there's also a, a inner belief you have to have about your capabilities. You have to have it. The, the, the final thing comes down to I, I truly believe in my abilities and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to be the player that I can be. Yeah, there's almost like a fake it till you make it thing in pro yep. sports where you almost have to bluff everyone and yourself. And I think, you know, a lot of times athletes get a hard rap, right? Because there's a bravado or an arrogance that's assumed with it. But a lot of it is self-talk just to exist in that environment, isn't it? 100%. I, I remember my greatest fear after I got pulled in a game was my next start because I didn't want to get pulled a second time consecutively, right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, leading up to that next start, my my continual thoughts were don't get pulled again, don't get pulled again, don't get, like it's so negative and and you know typically uh, I I didn't because I worked my way through it. I don't know if that's a proper mindset, but but it's also talking about what the brain does. You know, it, it was it, it occurred to me a, a number of years ago. I was uh, I, as you guys know, I love golf, right? So I'm watching this one particular golfer. I won't say his name. And he was having, he was in a, just a really terrible stretch. And he was always complaining about his equipment or the greens or it. And then I asked the golf coach, why does this guy never take uh, responsibility? He goes, because in golf, it's a single or individual sport. That means there's something wrong with his golf swing or there's something wrong. And he, he could never admit it. It had to be something else. It had to be something external. And that really clicked to me. I was like, you know, that kind of makes a lot of sense. Like, why, why keep pointing out that uh, I've lost my swing? You know, I, I've lost my club speed, uh, all these different things. I've lost my feel and my putter. It's got to be something else. And it, it kind of makes sense. And that's kind of the, how the brain pr protects itself, right? And it's just how you think when everything is going right and, and feeling like, and you mentioned my year when I, in North Bay, when I scored 60, I'm like, I can't miss. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah right. everything is perfect. I can't miss. And you're yeah. wired to think that uh, every time you shoot, you're going to score. And that's okay when you, when you're feeling it, but when you're not feeling it, then all of a sudden it's, it's the opposite. But you know, in Jack's case, I, I think he, he, he wants to feel like he can stop everything, and then he thinks he can, it's, it's attainable even when things aren't going well. And he's, it's the opposite of the I can't miss feel. It's funny, too, because, and I, I can't speak again for Jack, but I can speak for my own situation when I went through that two-month slump. When I got to the rink every day, I felt great. Like, I, yeah. I went out for warm-up. I was usually great. I had a great attitude for the start of the game. But once it just started to go south, 
in a hurry, then then I just went bad. Then my brain just couldn't take me out of the ditch. But it is it is a little bit different, though, when you think about uh, Justin and Nick, when you guys have been shining, when you feel really good. And, and there's an extra step in your when you walk in the dressing room, right? You're, like your chin's a little higher and uh, you feel great about yourself. And, and you can always tell when a guy's sort of walking into a dressing room and he might be in a bit of a slump, right? We've seen those hallway shots. And if a guy's not feeling it, you know, he's kind of slouched over a little bit. His, his eyes don't look quite, quite as clear. And body language just, just does not lie. It just doesn't. No, and what's crazy, too, I think, is in this sport, we're not allowed, to, we're not conditioned to think anything is luck, right? Like, sometimes as a goalie, you're just going to get a bad run of games or bad bounces <laughs> and pucks go in. But because we want to take credit when it's going well, we don't seem to accept that sometimes it's just bad luck. And, uh, you know, I think that happens. And watching Peter Mrazek, and maybe you can weigh in on the way he plays, it feels like he's more susceptible to the luck of the game because he gives out so many rebounds. He's so busy. There feels like there's so much randomness when he plays. Is that a fair assessment from someone who is not a goalie and totally guessing? 100%. And and we all, you're all good, Justin. We, we (laughs) all know goaltenders that are busy, but having said that, that doesn't suggest that you can't have tons of success. You know, you'd like to be as quiet as possible, but you look at a guy like Dominic Hoshik, I'd say he's a very busy goaltender. And in fact, I think he's the best that ever played. So there are different ways to play that position. And, uh, uh, I, I think that a guy like Morazic plays a lot on feel, a lot on emotion, uh, maybe a little bit similar to myself. Like I was, you know, I was all over the place. You know, I was, uh, I tried to be as quiet as possible, but that's not in my nature. I played a lot on emotion. And so you can get away with it. Uh, I think uh, the same as skaters. There are guys that look effortless and that's fantastic. And there are guys look like they're expending you know, a ton of energy every single shift, and both can have success. We're talking to former NHL goaltender and uh, current hockey analyst uh, for Hockey Night in Canada, and of course uh, here uh, Sportsnet Kelly Rudy on the topic of goaltenders as we continue. And you're the perfect guest right now because we had a discussion, Kelly, about goals are up, and for the most part. I know there's a handful of guys, including the one that you cover in Calgary in Markstrom, that are having pretty good years, but it's not typically uh, a goaltender's league right now. There's a lot of guys struggling. Last night, um, people are pointing a finger at Jack Campbell. I'm like, look 200 feet away. The guy that's making $6 million in Seattle and Grubauer, who just was horrific. But, you know, the one thing that I point to, Kelly, is that over the course of 15 years coming out of that lockout in 2004 all the rules have been geared towards the austin matthews and none of them for the jack campbells or the Grubauers, including picking your face offs including you know puck over the glass automatic yep. included uh, no changing on icing i mean nothing nothing in the last few years has been tapered towards hey how do we help the goalies out here so is is it a is, is it a constant that numbers will continue to go up here you think? Well, I hope so, Nick. I I like the way that uh, the game is played in, te- in the sense that goal scoring is up. Uh, I like the fact that uh, uh, the lead changes hands now. Uh, a 3-1 lead, say, 10, 15 years ago was pretty darn safe. It isn't anymore, and I like that. I, I personally feel that um, as, as great as the goaltenders are in today's era, and their equipment has changed dramatically also to give them advantage, the, the shooters have never been better and more accurate. And that's partially the equipment. You know, the composite sticks give them a great advantage. But never in my life have I really felt that the shooters have been this accurate. You know, you don't need much room. It, it used to be, you know, those high short side goals that are going in mm-hmm. uh, at an uh, incredible pace right now. There were only probably in our day, Nick, what would you say? There are 10 guys that can maybe make that shot on a regular basis. Now it seems like everybody can pick that top corner, right? And, and uh, I just think that a guy like Dreisaitl, as an example, I've never seen a guy in my entire life 
more accurate from a sharp angle. You know where he positions oh, yeah. himself on, on his off wing? Like, honestly, I have never seen anything like it, and he does it on a consistent basis. It's just like it's almost every single night that he does that. So I think it's partially uh, because of – uh, the way these kids are skill level, you see Trevor Zegras at the All-Star game. We've never seen stick handling like that. And so I just think it's, the hockey's in a great place right now. I'm, you know, if you go to an amateur, a local rink, and you see the kids practicing now, it's, it's all about skill. It's not, you know, it's not a three-on-two line rush anymore that they focus on. It's individual skills, and I think it's made our game that much better. Kelly, you get to do a lot of Flames games and see a lot of what's going on out there. They look like uh, one of, if not the best team in the West. Uh, you see the Leafs quite a bit too. What's the uh, who's got the best chances in Canada of bringing a, a cup to to the country? Holy, holy, sorry, Justin. sorry, buddy. I, I like you, buddy, but put me on the spot, why don't you? All right, how about just uh, com- compare and contrast? What do you see as the differences? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I, I like that. I would say when I've seen the Leafs. And I've, I've watched them a lot. And when I, in particular, when I see them live, they are a fabulous team. I, I used to have doubts about the Leafs, and I don't anymore. Now, they're going through a bit of a funk with their goaltending right now. But, that, you know, you can get through that. And I hope that turns. But uh, overall, I really like their game. I think that even when they lost to Montreal in the first round last year, uh, that didn't sour me on them. I, I just think that they made so much progress and they've learned so much. Uh, as a team and individually. And then Calgary, they just play a different way, right? They play a physical brand. You better be prepared to uh, t- to outwork them for 60 or 65 minutes, uh, what have you. And, and they are just top to bottom solid. They, they don't overwork their goaltenders. Now, Markson's played a ton, but as Daryl Sutter said, uh, I think it was about three weeks ago, it's not like uh, he's getting peppered, you know, in my opinion, when he is in Vancouver, is facing 30-some shots a night. Uh, that's very tiring, um, and then you have to manage minutes. Here in Calgary, he's not getting peppered with a lot of shots. It's usually ballparking around 25 a night, so that's manageable. Uh, I like both teams. I don't know uh, going into the playoffs who's a better team. That'll play out. I do know that Calgary right now, they are struggling a little bit, and I think it's due to the schedule. They are just getting pelted with a lot of games, uh, like most teams in the league, but it's, uh, it seems to be adversely affecting them. One more for you, and uh, we've had this conversation the last few days about MVPs and whether or not goalies can win it. We've talked about sure. Dominic Hoshik. And just from your perspective and your expertise on Igor Shosturkin and what he's doing, and while most people would agree that Austin Matthews is uh, a favorite here, how can you ignore Shesterkin, who's 28, 6, and 3, a 942? And I'm watching Georgiev last night, and they're a different team. He loses, and they give up yeah. five. And yet, Shesterkin can go in there and, and make this team feel like he can be a 942 all season long. It's, it's mind boggling. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I'm biased, of course, right? So I've always the union wondered why. Yeah, <laughs> I wondered why goaltenders. Uh, it's very difficult for them to win the Hart Trophy. I think uh, it's the most important position in the game. As people have talked a number of years ago, the the game should be called goal, goalie and not hockey. And so I think Shesterkin is at uh, a different level than everybody else right now. At 9.42 save percentage is I, I can't even comprehend. I, I, it makes no sense to me. I don't know how you can do that. I think my best was 9.10, and I was pretty darn proud of that. And to be uh, 30 points higher than that is ridiculous. So, but, but having said that, just watching Austin Matthews and where his game is at, it, it makes a lot of sense also to me that he, he is the front runner. It, it's hard to differentiate, but... I mean, it's quite the race, and uh, man alive. It's, we still have, what, almost 30 games left, yeah, so it's going to be a great a third. race to the end. Yeah, right? it sure will. Hey, Kelly, uh, we, we got to break off, but we sure appreciated your time here and your expertise on, uh, on that particular subject and, and all the rest. Uh, great talking to you again, pal. Same. Great uh, chatting with you, Nick and Justin. I'll talk to you guys soon, I hope. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kelly. We appreciate it. Kelly Rudy. 
NHL analyst on Hockey Night in Canada. I didn't tell him that we're not goalie pro goalie union here. He's not even pro goalie. <laughs> he totally bailed on Shesterkin <laughs> and went with Austin. That's true. He may get his card revoked. Okay, and and all the numbers against the New York Rangers say that this is not sustainable. No. That is a below-average team with the best goalie. And your year last night cannot come close to doing what Shesterkin does yeah. on a nightly basis for the New York Rangers. They they go from a team that should be fighting for a playoff spot to a team that could go to a conference or Stanley Cup final with one guy. This show, like, and I know our listeners, and I want to just give Austin Matthews the heart and be like, heart, not even close, whatever. This guy's been above average in 31 of 37 games. Like, the, there's a goalie steal stat. It's not even close. Like, this guy is dragging a mediocre team mm. to the, you know, to the playoffs and beyond. His, his season in, in net has been one of the best, if you keep this up, historically in the NHL. Eh. I know. See, it's Sorry, like Sammy. Wrong show well, for no, that conversation. I just, I think that, the narrative will get out of control for Matthews. If you, you, Austin, can't, you can't play like this in Toronto and have it not. It, it's just it can't be controlled. He's playing He's playing the best that any Leaf has played. He's on the precipice of scoring 50 for the first time, maybe breaking the Toronto Maple Leafs goal record, maybe getting 60 goals, and having the Leafs have one of the best five or six Sturgeon's records. Have the best season in NHL history and goal and drag a mediocre team to the playoffs, and you're going to slough that off? Doesn't matter. It's a goalie. <laughs> they have an award for the goalies. It's called the Vesna. Perfect. Here's your good goalie award. Go there you go. You're the, best, oh, you're the best goalie. <laughs> Let's talk about the guy that plays every minute 60 You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I can understand why you'd want to give it to Shesterk. And obviously he's truly having like you've talked I about. I don't want to give it to him. But I don't, I don't want to see the goalie get it. It's a, it's a. Like Kelly said, still got some meat on the bone here for the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I don't know whether or not, again, he, Another third on top of what he's had to do would be extraordinary. But if he breaks tomorrow and lets in six or seven and has that moment, uh, would anybody really be surprised? No. 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 Uh, It's National Hockey League, best players in the world, 82-game season. Got to get it over the finish line.